Welcome to Pop Yak. I'm your host TJ and we're going to yak about pop culture. This week we're going to talk about All Out, the AEW pay-per-view. I'm into pop culture and wrestling is definitely pop culture. I'm really a big wrestling fan so you probably noticed that from in my reviews I constantly bring up wrestling. But uh, let's talk about All Out. I've watched all the Dynamites, um, especially the ones leading up to this uh, show. I was very excited. This is the most anticipated thing that I've been looking forward to besides like the Evangelion movie. This is huge for me. So let's get into it and let's talk about the show. They have this pre-show called The Buy-In, which they put like uh, one last grasp to get people to purchase the pay-per-view. And so they put on a little wrestling match. This wrestling match wasn't just a throwaway filler match. This actually made sense. The Hardy family office and the best friends were feuding for quite a while. And Matt Hardy and uh, Orange Cassidy had that bit of a spat where Orange Cassidy busted open Matt's face. Because he posted a picture after that match when he got his nose broken. It wasn't just his nose. His eye and his lip were huge. And this is the Jurassic Friends. So you got to see Jungle Boy and listen to Tarzan Boy play over the speakers. And everybody sing it and wave their hands along with it. It's a blast. Seeing everybody so into it and like, you know, waving their hands side to side. That kind of crowd interaction you don't really get anymore. And I love how organic it was. Like, where the hell did this come from? The match itself was a blast. I had a lot of fun watching it. But this match was very entertaining. All of the huge man spots from Luchasaurus really put him over as he's not just a novelty lol look at the silly dinosaur man. He's also a good ass wrestler. I really enjoyed all the stuff he did and I thought that this match was fun. You don't get enough fun these days in your wrestling and I think that I need that to get by to get through it. A lot of people think that wrestling should be serious all the time and I want guys in black trunks with black boots and I want to see holds and people getting dropped on their heads and I want to see... Um, 40 minutes of action. If it's less than 40 minutes, it's not worth it. You know, that kind of stuff. Or I want people to hit each other so hard that they give each other concussions from elbows. Like, I don't want that. I just want to have fun. I watched this with a group of friends, and we were all, like, trying to figure out the match placement on this card. We are like, when's this match going to happen? What's going to be the first match? And we all pegged maybe they're going to give us the tag team title match first because they like to open the show with a bang. They did, but and they didn't give us a match that we expected. It was Miro versus Eddie Kingston first. And we were like, oh shit, this is first? All right, let's go. Let's do this. The storyline here leading up to it was pretty much um, the Redeemer character of Miro's is really good. The Redeemer was like, you know, Eddie Kingston took a charity contract into AEW. I love that he's like, my God is not a charitable God. And I love that he, loved that he calls him my God. So like, if you get offended about Miro's portrayal of God or whatever... <laughs> It's his interpretation of God, right? So his God's not a charitable God. He's the fire and brimstone type of dude. Eddie Kingston keeps in his promo on Rampage kind of said that, you know, like your God, I don't believe in him. Even though Eddie Kingston's walking around with rosaries and he kisses them every time he takes them off. He's specifically talking about Miro's fire and brimstone interpretation that he doesn't believe in. And I thought that was really interesting. Also, redeem these nuts. He redeemed them. Miro kicked him square in the balls, and it was enjoyable. I like Eddie Kingston, and I really like hearing the crowd go bananas for him. These crowds that he's in front of that cheer him are getting bigger and bigger. Every time he goes out, he hears Eddie Eddie from more and more people, and it must be really heartwarming. It must really make him happy. But Miro is just on a fucking roll. Who can defeat Miro? And I'm trying to think. Elites probably want all the belts. I can't imagine now that the Elite probably want a rematch like I, I think that they want a rematch we'll get to the, that later but I think maybe Adam Cole might want the TV title do I think he's gonna win absolutely fucking not unless shenanigans happen with the elite 
Nobody's getting that title off of Miro. John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. This match was fun. At first, I had to have in front of me explain, like, Satoshi, like, who is he? What's, what's his deal? And he's like, oh, he really enjoys bread. And I was like, okay, so he's Tofu-chan. When I heard his music, I was like, oh, it's this guy. That music brought all the memories rushing back. But it was really good to see New Japan branding and New Japan music. Kojima lost this match. It was a hard-hitting match. I didn't expect this match to be as hard-hitting as it was. Where do I think Moxley's going next? Well, we saw after this, Minoru Suzuki walked out. The crowd chanted along with his theme, and the cr- everybody went crazy. Suzuki is going to mess Moxley up, and it's going to be really fun to watch. I remember Moxley had an encounter with him in New Japan. Nothing really came of it, just the tease of the match happening. And now it's going to happen on AEW on fucking Dynamite. That's humongous. Who's he going to face after Suzuki? I'm assuming we're still building up. We're still building up to uh, the champ. I I think Moxley going through everybody like this is really fun. Like him having all these fun matches with Japanese wrestlers. I can't wait to see see him fight Tanahashi. I think that's where this is going. And I think he's probably going to fight Tanahashi at full gear, which is going to be happening a week later than it was supposed to. Because if I remember right, there's a UFC pay-per-view that happens that week. And Tony Khan doesn't want to run a show on a Sunday that doesn't have a holiday preceding it because he's a good dude and he <laughs> understands that people work the next day and that they travel out to see these shows and they might need a day to travel home. Good guy, Tony Khan. Also, speaking of that, it's Labor Day right now when I'm recording this. The hilarity of it is nobody that I know has a day off. None, not one person. Big ups to those out there hustling and making that time and a half today. Uh, the next match was the women's championship Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander this match was really got going in the second half and I love the AEW is like yeah she's an alien from the Andromeda Galaxy what it's not going to change anything she's going to get in the ring and tear it up that's the thing that I kind of try to push into people's heads you would have a stupid gimmick but as long as you get in the ring and fucking put on your working boots what's the problem your character can be from space your character can be a dentist. And then when you get in that ring, you lace up those boots and you get serious. And I kept saying this about the New Day. The New Day's whole thing was, oh, we like unicorn, we like unicorns and rainbows and all that shit. And it's a New Day. Yes, it is. And Biggie Langston is going to do silly stuff with his pelvis. But when he gets in that ring, when, when, when anybody from the New Day gets in that ring, they get to work. The shenanigans are shenanigans. Let people have fun, for fuck's sake. No, I want my black boots and my black tights, goddammit. I want all my wrestlers to be fucking 60s serious men. That's not what's putting butts in seats. We're here to be entertained. I thought that this match was great in the second half. Chris Statlander really brought it with her strength game. I was really enjoying that. Up to this point in the show, this was the low point, and it was still good. That's how good it's been. We move on from that, and we get to the Tag Team Championships in the cage. We saw these guys fight a lot and people were bitching and complaining. I'm tired of watching the Young Bucks fight the Lucha Brothers. And I'm like, but every time they wrestle, isn't it the best? Isn't it gold? Every time they get in the ring together, then stop complaining. This is not nearly as done to death as MJF versus Jericho, which that was the match I was looking the least forward to outside of like Big Show and QT Marshall. It delivered. The Jericho MJF match delivered, but we can have them stop fighting now. Anyway, let's talk about this tag match. It was crazy. The Jordan with the thumbtacks on the bottom of it was fantastic. And I love that it was a Jordan. Big ups to Brendan Cutler for making that throw. All those all those years of throwing dice have helped him maximize his ability to throw over that huge cage. That cage is tall. He got the Jordan in there with the thumbtacks in it. One try. That thumbtack Jordan was fucking crazy. And I love the spot where Pentagon tried to protect his brother from the kick. 
This is the first time you saw Pentagon legitimately care about his brother. Care about anything or anybody. It's not just zero fear, it's zero care also usually. But he was going to sacrifice himself for his brother and he did. That thumbtack shoe was out of this world. Also, um, Nick Jackson had a Scott Steiner mustache, which was fantastic. Some people were saying that, oh yeah, it's Hulk Hogan when he was with the, in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, but let's, let's give him to a better person. Like, mathematician Scott Steiner. Legitimate college graduate Scott Steiner. This match was crazy, and the jump from the top rope was even more crazy. We got to see Pentagon's lovely family. And they came in and gave him hugs, covered the kids in blood. But it was really heartwarming to see Pentagon caring about things and people. And it was also really refreshing to see the Young Bucks lose these titles. The Lucha Brothers are fantastic. And I would love to see, because the thing is, once you hold the title long enough and you run through the roster, you're like, well, what else is there, right? And there's other companies, but I was tired of, the rotation was complete with the, um, with those guys. And I like them, but I think I want to see them start chasing Japanese tag titles. I think they had the Mexican tag titles at one point, but I want to see them now chasing Japanese titles. They don't want to go against their friends in Impact for the tag titles, because I think the, the Good Brothers are still tag champs, are they not? I don't want to see them fight their friends. So I'm like, let's go to Japan, baby. Let's see some Japanese wrestlers come into AEW and put on some clinics, and I want to see some footage of them going to japan and having really cool matches on japanese pay-per-views that would be really fun if you had the young bucks go on excursion because i like them but like i said they just just demolished the, the tag team roster and i want to see them do something new especially when the hidden door is open why not the forbidden door is open <laughs> why not the hidden door is actually uh the door you open to take all those photo shoots a bunch of my friends used to call the places where WWE people would do their um titantron videos in like the forbidden blank so like randy orton is in a forbidden warehouse in his titantron they used to do titantron videos back in the day <laughs> for those people that are just familiar with a name on a tron and that's it they used to film these whole music videos that go and that mash up with the music and they used to film on location in these strange places like rob van dam is in the forbidden waterfall like go back and search like rob van dam WWE titantron and you can find one if he's he's like in some weird jungle in the Forbidden Waterfall. It's forbidden because we don't know where it is. And then like Randy Orton and them, they're, they're in the Forbidden Warehouse. And then there's Forbidden Hollywood, which everybody's in front of like spotlights. They had these phases where they would send people to location and reshoot these things. But that's too much work. So now they just use a graphic that says their name and they come out and that's it. That's boring. And I like that in uh, AEW, a lot of wrestlers do have the name thing. But more established wrestlers have videos up there that make sense and are their own thing. Like if you've seen uh, John Moxley's, it's the barbed wire, right? Um, it's not just his name. And I think Lance Archer has some of him in like the Forbidden Warehouse, the Forbidden uh, Dilapidated Warehouse that he likes to hang out at. I'm a big fan of the video walls, what they call them in AEW, video wall locations. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but like I said, this Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match hit the spot. It was exactly what I needed. It was fucking fantastic. I love this match. This is the match of the night for me. Seconded by the buy-in. I thought the buy-in match was fantastic. And I thought that the Miro and Eddie Kingston match was probably third for me, just because I liked what was going on there. I thought that the, the finishes for these matches were very innovative and the stories that they were telling was, were very good. I really liked the storytelling of, I use all my moves on your neck, but Eddie Kingston, if I'm Miro, you told me your plan. 
now I know how to counter you. It's great. It's fantastic. The, the storytelling in the match itself really brought that match up to a third, the third best match on the card for me. MJF versus Jericho. This match actually, again, had really fun shenanigans, the dusty finish. I was really a fan of the refereeing in this because it's very easy for us to go and judge the finishes and go, oh, these refs are, are terrible or whatever. But they were in the perfect positions to see these things and not see other things. Like, they were in perfect position. The referees did fantastic in playing their parts tonight. Audrey Edwards continues to be Jericho's exclusive referee. Like, she's the only one that refs Jericho matches if you, you know, keep an eye on that. I got really upset at the very beginning when the old school Jericho entrance played, even the explosion with the camera shake. I thought that was very well done. And the zoom into the video wall. <sighs> and it was MJF. And that made me upsetty. Like, it worked. I got a little mad. I got a little hot under the collar about that. It worked. Jericho came out to Judas with his guitar player just playing the lyrics on his guitar. The guitar player of Fozzy plays Jericho to the ring. The fans picked it up and were like, oh, you want us to sing along? At first, they didn't get it. And then they were like, oh, shit, that's Judas. <laughs> I was hoping that Jericho would use the Lion Tamer. He used the walls to Jericho. I'm thinking the only way you can put him away is the Lion Tamer, Chris. Especially when the whole story is you hurt the man's back. But I think the Lion Tamer puts more pressure on your neck than it does your back. I'm not sure. It looks like it when you when you have the back stretched out like sideways and you have somebody's knee in your back. That looks excruciating, which is probably why nobody agrees to take it. Like this move really hurts, Jericho. Let's just go with the the Boston Crab, okay? But yeah, that was a but that was pretty great. He tapped MJF out with the walls. You don't see good tap outs now anymore nowadays. CM Punk had an okay showing against Darby Allen. It was exactly what you wanted. Paul White versus QT Marshall. This match was not a very good showing for Big Show. Big Show looked off in this. But he did all he he did all his spots. I really wanted this to be a one and done punch him in the face and you're over. We go home kind of match, but it wasn't. It was a full match. Like Big Show's like, "Go get your go get your popcorn and go get your $8 hot dogs while I destroy QT Marshall. He did it. He destroyed QT Marshall, and we can move on with our lives. The next match was Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. This match was okay. It wasn't the same as the CM Punk match. It was exactly what you came to see. It wasn't a bad match. It just was okay. Sometimes that's okay. He beat Christian with a fucking avalanche one-wing angel, which is outrageous. That was insane. That was the best part of the match was the finish. And then we had all of the clusterfucks of surprises. Oh, shit. I didn't even mention... The Women's Battle Royal. A lot of people don't like that multiple women enter really quickly because it kind of puts the pressure on these women to kind of get their shit in really quickly. I like the idea of getting people in very quickly in a Battle Royale because I want I want to see the Battle Royal. The entrances are fun, but I'm like, okay, hurry up and get out to the ring. They did a better job this time than they did in the past. In the past, they just played one person's entrance music and all four women came out. Now they're playing music rapid fire and everybody's getting out there. So you get a little pop for each person. I'm a big fan of that. I thought this battle royal was great, and the ending was especially great. I love seeing the just inhuman body strength from um, Ruby Soho, who got an amazing reaction. And look on her face. She was so happy. Ruby Soho, who has more of a Rhea Ripley haircut nowadays, she was channeling her inner, like, punk. She was actually able to go out there and be herself instead of being what Vince wanted her to be. So it was really cool to see her be herself. That end of the battle royal with them hanging onto the ropes on the outside was inhuman strength i loved watching it to hang on to those ropes the whole time and make sure their feet don't touch the floor and have that whole sequence on the apron was awesome and i'm thinking like man who else would other women would i want to see from there make it to aw and i'm like 
Bailey is probably the only other one that I want to see. Oh, and Rhea Ripley, but that's not happening, I don't think. Especially since Ruby Soho and her have such a similar look. She'd have to change up her whole look. But I really like the idea of Bailey getting to wrestle all these women. Because Bailey has been turning it up. Um, Also watching, I watched GCW this weekend as well. Uh, I would talk about that, but I really didn't enjoy that show outside of the the ladder match. The cage match at the end, I was just like, who the hell are all these random bums and why are they wrestling here there was one dude that i'm really familiar with from the indie scene in new york and also gregory iron was there and that was about it the commentary booth turned matt cardona face to me because there was so unforgivably excruciating to listen to during the matt cardona match versus um mdk that turned me on matt cardona i think matt cardona is the best now he's the greatest if the only fucking dig you have about somebody is that he buys action figures and there's nothing else you can say about him He's doing pretty good for himself. Love that he came in with the Macho King garb. The fans of GCW are so easy to get over on. It's great to watch his heel work in action. It really is. He's doing his best work. I hope Matt Cardona gets rematch or comes back because he's great. I watched the GCW pay-per-view and I thought that Ali Cat or Ali Catch, whichever her name is, she killed it. She's another woman I would love to see in AEW. So let's talk about the end of All Out. We were all told to expect... Daniel Bryan, like CM Punk teased it while I was scrolling through YouTube and like, what is it, F4W or 4WF, whatever it is, the Alvarez podcast, just spoiled it. They had just a picture of Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan will show up this Sunday. And I'm like, well, great. I'm glad that I know that now. There's no surprises. (laughs) I mean, the crowd was chanting yes before he came out. So everybody knew it was going to happen. So I'm expecting Daniel Bryan, one of my favorite wrestlers to show up. Adam Cole comes out and the wind Left my sails so hard, I couldn't breathe. This was fantastic. They did a great job. Adam Cole shows up. I'm like freaking out because I'm like, his contract, his his six months, no compete. He's still on WWE roster page. What's going on? And he's like, oh no, he's a face and he's gonna, he's gonna fight his friends. And they were like, LOL, this is one of our closest friends. He's not here to fight Kenny Omega. And if he was, he had to work his way from the bottom like everybody else. Daniel Bryan feels like he's going to do that Kurt Angle in TNA wrestling story of I'm going to go through the entire roster to make it to Kenny. And that match is going to be the dopest shit you will ever see. I am 100% ready for it. The thing is, I don't think Daniel Bryan's going to get a chance at Kenny as a title. My prediction, well, you know what? Let's get through the shit first, and I'll, I'll give my predictions after that. Adam Cole comes out, and then Daniel Bryan shows up to, to beat them off. Hmm, better wording. Uh, to beat them, beat them up and have them run off. Like Skull the Dogs, as JR would say. His debut was fucking amazing. He, Yeah, he has Goro hair like Brock Lesnar, and I'm not a fan of his new haircut. I like when he's clean cut. He has the shaggy hair. I'm not a fan of this undercut Daniel Bryan. It look, he looks too hip for me, and I like him better as a hippie that doesn't know no better. They, they've had the music start with Flight of the Valkyries to get you pumped to know it's Daniel Bryan and get that pop. But I feel like um, Daniel Bryan is going to get his the final countdown bought by Tony Khan. Tony Khan is going to buy the final countdown for him to use. But we just needed the pop moment. That's why you got the trap remix of the Flight of the Valkyries, which Sweet Beats Daniel Bryan was really getting into. That was a really fun, go-home happy moment. Um, So predictions, I already predicted where I think... What Miro is going to be doing. I think Miro and Adam Cole are going to be fighting for that to the TNT title. Eddie Kingston... I think is going to, this is tough. I think maybe he feuds with Andrade because Andrade talks shit about his best friend Penta after Andrade is done with Pac. The thing is though, the thing is that's really tough about this is that I think Pac is going to fight him and the Lucha Brothers is going to go, see, we didn't need you. We have the tag titles. 
and Andrade's storyline is over now. <laughs> he beats Pac. He's nothing else to do. But I can see Eddie Kingston going, I want to fight you for not believing in my best friend, Pentagon. The Butcher got a fantastic reaction. I can't see why they wouldn't turn them um, face, except I think the Butcher and the Blade might be up next for the tag titles because that reaction that the Butcher got was pretty high. The fans were really excited to see him. Did you remember the Butcher came back? Because there was so much shit happening tonight that it was easy to forget. Um, but he had a good reaction, so I could see them. I see the Butcher and the Blade going up against the Lucha Brothers next for the tag titles. I'm looking at the rankings as of September 3rd. These victories that happened on All Out count toward that for prediction's sake. All right, let's see. The women's rankings are kind of null. Thunder Rosa looks like there was a lot of uh, eliminations that looked like they were leading to feuds. So I'm really excited about all those eliminations that look like they were going somewhere. Nyla Rose is going to be feuding with the entire women's roster. And that's not talking about the title. I love that there's feuds outside of the title picture. It makes it seem like a real division. I want to see Nyla Rose take on the world. (laughs) And it's like, shouldn't she be champion? Yes, but she doesn't have to be to have good matches. So the next up is Thunder Rosa with 26-2 and uh, on her rankings. But Ruby Soho is kind of next in line. She kind of skips her. And I can see a feud between... All three of them. I can see a feud between Thunder Rosa and Ruby Soho while Britt Baker looks on and goes, you guys figure it out and I'll duke it out with whoever wins. And Hikaru Shida is doing really well too, but she got eliminated like a bag of garbage <laughs> from that battle royal. So the tag rankings have Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy being the next up to fight against. I'm excited for that. I think that that would be fun. I think Luchasaurus has something to prove. And I think that Ray Phoenix and Penta and Luchasaurus have worked together before in Lucha Underground. So I think that they have sort of a foundation, a good foundation to be a, this to be a good match. And we don't even need to worry about Jungle Boy, like, at all. This match is going to be hot fire. Do I think they beat just beat the Lucha Bros to win it right now? No. I think we get the Lucha Brothers to work through their entire roster because I want to see all these matches. I want to see Lucha Bros versus all the tag teams. Who do I think is going to take the titles from the Lucha Brothers? Whew, proud and powerful, probably. I see proud and powerful taking it from them just because of that wonderful performance that they had on Dynamite. Was Kenny Omega has to fight Orange Cassidy coming up, but we already seen that. So I think they do a men's uh, casino battle royal. The Joker being Hangman Page. Hangman Page wins it, or Hangman Page just comes back, wins a bunch of matches, and fights Kenny uh, and beats him. Because that's my prediction: Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page at Hangman's paper, the pay per view the Hangman named full year. That would be a nice go-home moment. And then I see a really fun match between Hangman and Orange Cassidy in the future. Um, I think Hangman's first opponent, though, as champion, is probably going to be one of the newcomers that we just got. Which sucks, because Powerhouse Hobbs is in third place in the rankings, or in second place now. I would love to have seen him go have a really fun run for the title. He's fantastic. And it's a bummer that like these new guys are going to kind of jump over the uh, homegrown established talent. This is something I was worried about. I'm at least going to look forward to the matches that these newcomers are going to have with guys like Powerhouse Hobbs. But I really want storylines. I don't want them to just run over them like a tractor. You know, I want to see I want to see CM Punk have a storyline with Powerhouse Hobbs. I want to see CM Punk have a feud with MJF. So stuff like that, like, I really hope they don't just bulldoze the roster to get to Kenny and then they're out, right? Like, then they're going, okay, I'm going to Japan, see ya. And it doesn't do them any favors, but that's my predictions there. Eddie Kingston's still up in the air. I really see Eddie Kingston versus uh, Andrade to be a fun match if they do it. And that's my prediction there. 
um, MJF versus Jericho. I see MJF going for Punk next. And I think that MJF needs to beat CM Punk because we're not in the business of charity cases here. <laughs> yes, he beat Darby Allen. And I thought that the match was underwhelming because Darby Allen has taken so much punishment to be put down before that this was not nearly enough to put Darby away, in my opinion. And I don't think CM Punk wins his next match, if it, and especially if it's against MJF. I think he's going to build up some victories, and uh, MJF is going to be the one that feuds with CM Punk just because the barbs back and forth are going to be delicious. And I think MJF is going to come for CM Punk's throat and then Punk moves on to something else. You know, he doesn't take the loss that hard. Having a one loss to your record is not going to hurt you going to go for the title. Not going to hurt you that bad. Um, Chris Jericho, where do I see him going after this? I think he's, he's the leader of a faction and I think we have still faction warfare going on, right? If there are more factions, we need to have factions versus factions still. So I think we get Jericho, uh, and them versus the elite, at least until the Young Bucks come back. But yeah, I can see Adam Cole having a match with Jericho. The tags, I would like to see the Young Bucks versus Proud and Powerful. I would like to see that. Proud and Powerful wins, of course, to put them into title contention to make, to cement it. Like, where, what, where does Darby Allen go from here? I think Darby Allen goes and does some more hardcore stuff. Um, and I think he needs to bounce back from this pretty hard. What I would like to see is maybe if the thing is, I'm trying to find a place for Eddie Kingston. And I'm thinking maybe Darby Allen versus Eddie Kingston if he doesn't fight Andrade. And I'm thinking, but why? <laughs> why does that happen? I don't know. I'm just trying to slot him into places. I can't see where Darby Allen goes now. Paul White and QT Marshall Hall. Hopefully Paul White stays behind the desk for a little longer. QT Marshall, the experiments of the factory, it has to be over, right? Because it's not interesting. Nobody likes it. It's not working. Break up the factory. Have QT just teach these guys because they're still really green. Have them improve. Have them come back later. Christian Cage, no disrespect, but I would like him to see him just in Impact now. Just make him an Impact guy. I think he's done all he can do in AEW. And Kenny Omega, he already has Hangman plans. If you need somebody to fight Hangman, I think Hangman comes back this Wednesday on Dynamite. And I think he has Hangman plans. And I think that they're going to lead all the way up to full gear. I don't think Hangman just comes back and jumps the line and beats everybody else. I think that it's going to be a race for hangman to get to the title the thing is with all the newcomers that bothers me is i feel like we're gonna forget about hangman and that's gonna be a bummer because he's he really deserves his time to shine i think hangman kenny omega starts that way you free up kenny omega so we can have these cool dream matches and it doesn't have to be for a title kenny can also have a, a storyline where he thinks oh man i'm losing it because i'm losing all my belts i'm losing the plot like i'm no i'm no longer kenny omega i have to refine myself That'll be a fun storyline to have, to have him run through. What does Brian Danielson do? He said that he likes uh, Daniel Garcia. So I see him having his first match against Daniel Garcia on um, the special like New York show that they're going to do. And he beats Danny Garcia, of course, because come the fuck on. And that'll be a nice showing for him. But yeah, that, those are my predictions. That's my feelings about the show. It was a fucking awesome show. I can't wait to talk about Full Gear when that happens. Or if you like these wrestling things, I mean, I could talk about Dynamite every week. As well as throw in some anime on another day. I don't know. I like doing this. This is fun. Definitely subscribe if you like what you're hearing. Thanks for listening.